At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's going on? Welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Tonight, the Pelicans opened up a three-game homestand. As they welcome in the Atlanta Hawks, the game will be shown nationally on ESPN, and on the sidelines will be Cassidy Hubbard, who is gracious enough to join me here on a game day inside the Oxford Sports Performance Center. Cassie, it's so nice to see you in person. We I haven't know. been able. We did a been Zoom one. We did a lot of Zoom in last year. You're on the podcast last year. Okay. So, how have things been? You good? How have things been doing for you? Especially now being able to be back on the court, back yeah. to traveling. How's it going? Still getting used to it, right? Yeah. Um, still getting used to seeing you and Aaron and face to face, looking at you guys in person. It's it's. You know, I used to be able to do these Zooms and then get a load of laundry and <laughs> as I wait for the next player. Um, but it's great to be able to, you know, have access and talk one-on-one with guys and, um, like, really, you know, it's hard as a national, hard and also great as a national reporter to fly into a city and then fly out. But, like, you don't get as much access as, say, the beat writers. And so you've got to really take advantage of the time you're around the teams and you know last year we didn't get that type of access to even be close to these guys so it really does change the dynamic in my ability to really give um you know inside information about uh, the teams I'm covering on a weekly basis when do you start your process of prepping for this game because I think some you know I don't think everyone knows like the process of how you start prepping for storylines and it can't be just a a night of or a day before when does that process begin for you well look you know I have my schedule and I have a game and a half I guess if you will on average a week Um, and so last week I Friday was um I was in Philly, and so because of all the Ben Simmons stuff and then also what was going on with the Nets and Kyrie, um, a lot of my attention was there, but I was keeping an eye on what was happening with the start of the season with the Hawks and, and, and Pelicans. Um, and then as soon as that game was done, I just, I could, you know, I watched all the other games in between um, and, you know, was able to get on some post-game Zooms. I'm thankful for the teams who still get who st- still do some of those Zooms because I thought, found that to be an advantage. Even though there were some disadvantages for access last year, I, I did find, like, teams having Zooms allowed me, you know, being someone who's not on site all the time um, with the teams that I have to cover on a weekly basis. I found that to be very helpful. So to, at least to get on post-game Zooms after, after games um, – has allowed me to at least get a, a question or two in with, with, with guys that I may not have access to. When you head into tonight's matchup, when you're talking about some of the storylines, what, yeah. what's top of mind for you when these two teams battle it out? Well, look, there's so, you know, me, Doris, and, and Dave Pash are on the call tonight, and we had dinner last night, and we were talking about these two teams. And obviously, I don't need to tell you guys, yeah. everything begins and ends with Zion. Mm-hmm. And so with him practicing yesterday or him at practice, let's say that, um, you know, just obviously that's going to be a topic of conversation, you know, where he's at and what it means that there's no timetable for this team and how this team has to play in his absence. Um, I think, you know, we saw in the last game for them, they, they performed well against the, you know, Timberwolves and Jonas Valanciunas. Like, 
uh, had a great game, and you know we'll see if that that works the way he plays with when Zion comes back. But in the meantime, for them to get some wins on the board, I think he needs to play that way. Um, really get on those offensive boards, and the team needs to limit turnovers. As far as the Hawks are concerned. I mean, that's an established core right there. As much as there's some instability with, you know, the stars here, um, even though Brandon Ingham is doing pretty well, and it's just it, a lot of it revolves around Zion. With the Hawks, I mean, they, they, they signed a lot of their guys in the offseason. Trey is um, gaining more and more confidence by the day. They got a good young core, and, but expectations are high. I mean, they were in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals last year. I mean... It's going to be hard. They could probably improve this season, but not even make it to the same stage they made it to last year. So um, they know they have a target on their back, but they're 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 eager players um, to continue that like still want to prove themselves. So it's going to be interesting as the Pelicans are kind of figuring out this in-between phase and, and who they are um, against a Hawks team who kind of knows who they are um, and wants to to build on that. Before we get back to the Hawks, I do want to mention Brandon Ingram. You were talking to him earlier yes. here, and I don't want to give away anything you're going to share no, tonight. No, but just let's kind of, what have you seen from his growth, even just from because yeah. he had to deal with this uh, with Zion being out too before. So it's not the first time he's had yeah. it. But what have you seen from? He's averaging almost 27 points per game already in the first four games. But what have you seen as far as from the Lakers' time to here in New Orleans to even these first four games? Just uh, leadership, you know, confidence, and you know, I, when I was talking to him at shoot around, I asked him, "Look, man." three different coaches in your three years here like how are you adjusting um you know this third year usually it's like the third year in a new place you really feel like you need to, you have like your footing somewhere especially if so, you know someone of his caliber of skill and he said look you know I, Willie is just is such a great coach he listens um, I am a guy who loves to watch film, and I feel like I can really break the game down with him. I feel like I can. I'm finding my voice. is a is a key line he said to me, um, and it's you know being able to have a coach to bounce things off of uh, in the way that I see the game is allowing me to find my voice in the locker room, and I think that's really important um, because you know we all know that Zion is this like massive figure over this this franchise, but Brandon. You know, has been a stabilizing force for 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 this team as well, and for him to 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 have the leadership role specifically without Zion in the mix right now, I think is imperative um, for for this group because I think the young guys look up to him. I think he he I think he's someone who has the ability to um, bring guys together. If you know, he, he may not be the loudest talker on the team, but you know when he does talk, he, you know that you know he means it and uh, he can back it up. What about Willie Green? I know you've had a chance to talk to him yeah. just a little bit. You know, getting his first one the other night was huge for them. But, I mean, to, to be under Monty Williams last year in Phoenix, yeah. to be under Steve Kerr, I mean, those are two quite impressive guys for him to kind of, you know, mold from and learn from and now taking the wing here with New Orleans. I mean, when you think about it, like, there were a lot of job openings this this uh, summer. but And I think Willie was probably – the most touted um, head coach available as far as like a new head coach is concerned. You know, everybody I'd talked to, players and coaches, had nothing but positive things to say about Willie's ability to connect with players. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Um, Obviously, like the early games with all of the turnovers, you know, he likes the ball movement, uh, the pace, uh, but, you know, it's always going to be an adjustment with a new system. 
but the overall you know takeaway from my conversations with players and their interaction with, with Willie is connection um, everyone says that he makes a connection with his guys and you know in any job you do you just want to feel like you're being heard and being considered and you know like just so you can continue to, to feel like what you're doing on a day-to-day basis like means something and I and I am I'm, I'm getting that feeling in, in talking to you know the, these players that they they feel that so far with Willie and there may be some bumps in the road but at least they feel like they got someone who has their back so we'll see how it plays out still really early yeah the energy in here has been unbelievable during practices and shoot arounds you can definitely tell a difference uh, with Willie at the helm Let's go back to the Hawks real quick and kind of where they stack up in the Eastern Conference. Look, I think they got even deeper just from getting guys back with Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, guys mm-hmm. that, you know, were out for a lot of their year last year. And looking at this young team, look, we don't know what the Nets are going to look like still without Kyrie. Philadelphia is going through what they are going through. The yeah. Knicks are, are looking good. Where do you see this Atlanta team stacking up in that Eastern Conference? I know it's too early to tell here, but as far as just the way you talked about continuity yeah. and a young squad, but a team that went through this all together last year it's crazy because when you look at the east man the like you know there's always that joke about like the eastern conference mm-hmm. but um i mean obviously a lot of the conversation heading into the season was about the nets and you know covering them last week it did it, it it was pretty apparent that they have some depth issues as much as there's been talk about you know they have a lot of veterans and in there they are deep they do have a lot of depth issues in it especially in the front court they also still have James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant may be even better yeah. <laughs> than like than he was last year coming off of that Achilles right. and it's just when you have that that you can't you can't underestimate that same goes for um Giannis Antetokounmpo he looks even better and then you have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton coming off of you know Olympic performance and coming off obviously the finals win and their confidence has only grown and they're a cohesive group like Kevin Durant even said like that that's a, that's a team that you can point to has been together and been through things together and you know you that you know can't can't buy that um you have to earn that and so those two teams at the top and then obviously with everything that's going on with the Sixers um we'll see how that plays out but I did I did feel like their chemistry is is pretty good and I asked Joel you know has this situation brought you guys closer together and Joel himself has talked about you know him trying to become a better leader and more vocal and usually like he would you know sit in his room and play video games on the road but they you know they had a dinner together and so I, we'll see that the, the, there's a lot of drama there's a lot of drama heading into the season and then then you get into like the heat um I, I then I think the mix of the Knicks the Bulls and the Hawks yeah. I, I would put them in that little who knows right. where if they fall. Nope. I think it's the Nets and Bucks at the top, and the Sixers, Heat, Knicks, Bucks, Hawks. Yeah. And I, that may be a cop out, but I, I see those. What, how many teams did I named? Five. Yeah. Those five teams could go, could finish anywhere, you know, in, in that mix. Do I, I do feel like the Hawks aren't going to be in. I don't know. I was going to say something ridiculous because I thought strongly about it at first, but they could be in the play-in given that yeah. we have no you idea. You just never know. You just never know with what, what those those teams, those five teams I mentioned, 
um, are going to be like. And then, you know, Charlotte's out of the blue being an exciting team. So the East, are, the East is in a good place. Yeah, I think it's deeper than a lot of team or a lot of people thought it would. And you mentioned all those teams. I think all of them could be, yeah. you know, two, three, four, five, six. So we'll see what goes. Before I let you go, talk about hoop streams a little bit because I know I watched a little bit of it last week. How often does it run? Um, just for, for folks to kind of catch it out on Twitter. Yeah, so we, ha- we had it opening week. Um, we're going to return again on Christmas Day. Okay. Um, and then it's after Christmas Day, we're going to pick up on every Saturday night primetime. And then we're going to have some shows during the week as well. So it's good. we're, we're going to figure out which shows we want to we, we want to kind of attack um, for hoop streams. But it usually picks up steam post, uh, post-NFL okay. season, you know. Um, but Christmas Day for sure, um, we're figuring out if we're going to head into Knicks Hawks, which I'll be on sidelines okay. for, um, or if, if we're going to head into Nets Lakers, which you know, that's that's going to be quite the doozy as well in LA. Christmas Day is always fun. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. Well, Cassie, I really appreciate the time. I know you got a lot to do leading up to Hawks uh, Pelicans. Enjoy it, and, and welcome to New Orleans. It's always my pleasure to talk to you. Right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We're now joined by Aaron Summers. We'll be back on the sidelines tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network. And Aaron, a big win for the Pelicans. I think it was kind of a sigh of relief uh, after that win on Monday night, especially how things went Saturday against Minnesota. What'd you What'd you like about the win for New Orleans that night? Uh, I think the defense got to be one of them, but overall, what impressed you the most? Yeah, just the overall effort. I think that the entire team put in. Obviously, Jonas Valanciunas came out and had a huge game. You could see how much he was fighting in this one, and Brandon Ingram really stepped up. It was interesting to hear Coach Willie Green talk about how he pulled Ingram aside late in the game and said, I need you to have the ball in your hands. I need you to take over and carry us down the stretch. That means he has confidence in Ingram, and Ingram stepped up. He scored four possessions back to back to back to back. I think that was four. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was. Um, (laughs) And so it's good to see some of the leaders on this team starting to emerge and really help the team on the court um, with the principles that Coach Willie Green's trying to instill. You see the defense really starting to shine. Absolutely. And Jonas having a monster night tying his career high with 23 rebounds. And now comes a big week for the Pelicans, especially after you get the win, you got the momentum. Now you're back home for three games. It starts with a tough Hawks team tonight. Then you have a tough back-to-back against the Kings, who are playing some decent basketball. The Knicks, who are 3-1 and one as of now. Uh, a very important homestand for the Pelicans. They try to, you know, home cooking is very important. And winning at home is huge if you want to get into the playoff race. So even as early as now, uh, this could be a big stretch for New Orleans. You want to definitely continue the momentum that they got after that win. It was a tough road stretch. They played hard in all three of those games, and now you have the chance to be at home, in your own bed, not traveling. You really need to take advantage of that. It's going to be a tough opponent tonight having to do that with Atlanta. Obviously, they come in here with a lot of success from last season and looking to build off of that this season. So you really want to start this game strong, have a good showing starts with some of the turnover issues that the team has been having and, and bring that defensive intensity hopefully we start seeing some of the shots falling here at the smoothie king center as well that'll be nice aaron i appreciate it we'll look out for you on the sidelines tonight and we'll talk to you on the podcast soon all right so that'll do it for today's podcast big thanks to cassie hubbard for coming on again you can watch it nationally on espn but listen locally on espn new orleans 100.3 fm it'll be todd graffinini john DeShazer. And Aaron Summers. I'll have pregame for you at six o'clock. And then on Friday's podcast, we'll have Sack Cram, who wrote the article on the Ringer about the best young cores in the NBA. The Pelicans fell to no- at number two, so we'll talk to him about why the Pelicans were number two and kind of what sticks out to him about this young core. Until Friday, I'm Daniel Sallers, and thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seek. C-